0: Hey Jerry, can you ke- can you check if on if everything's how, going. Yeah, you can just check how the how much can you see my glasses and <laughs> how, how dirty how dirty they are. Anyway, let's get right into it. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Outpost. <laughs>
1: everyone And welcome to The Outpost, a podcast about inspired baby thinking. Baby. I'm happy to have y'all here. Um, one person gets to answer how they're doing today, and it's Justin. Justin, how are you?
0: Doing really good. You know, I'm here on the couch on this side of the camera. It's my favorite side of the camera. Is it? Yeah. We
1: love looking at you there. I'm just gonna like keep looking at the empty chair now and like talking to I know. you as if no you're one's there.
0: no one's controlling this. No one's it's <laughs> but it's gonna be good.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's do community questions. Jared, you have them?
2: I do. I do. Okay. Get them out. Here we go. So people are curious and here are the things that they are curious about. <laughs> He's almost I'm out. very prepared. <laughs> so a person whose name we lost track of because, again, preparation. Um, so I am terribly amused by the idea that there is a certain degree of narcissism in creating anything at all. Mm-hmm that to do so is to say, I believe my idea is so good, it will positively impact people's lives. Are you similarly amused by this idea that all creation is an act of narcissism? Do you disagree?
1: Oh man, I like that. (laughs) Um, This comes from somebody who just (coughs) posted something on their Instagram um, that was a reaction video to a video of myself, and the the caption just says, me with a side of me. Um,
2: (laughs) 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 There's definitely some focus internally there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, on your part.
1: It is interesting. We've talked about this a few times in the office, the idea of a creation, being able to create something and say, this is so good that everyone else would benefit from having this. It, it, is it does have a sense of self focus but it's interesting because it it's channeled through this sharing and I feel like that's kind of where the balance is maybe the thought process isn't this is so good everyone else should have it it's that this was good for me and I want to share it
2: yeah um, it's interesting I think it's I think it's whether or not the it's what you do with your creativity once it is done that if every single time you ever make anything you immediately run to others to receive praise then that might be like a narcissistic act but I think that if you are if you are mindfully creating things with the intention of bringing joy and light to others and, cre- and creating an experience f- for them not for yourself but cr- but creating experience that they can have that will be positive I think that I don't think that that would fall under the category of narcissism
3: if you write a story under a pen name and mm. nobody knows it's you is that narcissistic I desperate
1: it's a good question because it still could, it can, even if people don't know it's you by your name, the, the validity and legitimacy and fame that you get from it is still a feeling that you get to have. So I'm not sure that that takes it out of. Hmm,
3: that's fair. Narcissism, as I understand it though, involves a lack of empathy, maybe. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I tend to think that you can do a lot of creative work and not have it necessarily be narcissistic, which is kind of a disorder or I don't know if it's a a real, but but, it is a real thing. Like there's a real, real there's a
1: real diagnosis and, and it's people talk about narcissism kind of in a way that is not that diagnosis, but almost, um,
2: but as like an adjective, narcissistic, this uh this thing, this self-focused. this is,
1: this is grandiose with my own focus. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, it's, I've, I've, I did look it up a, a couple different ways before this, you know, video podcast and, you know, they were, they were talking about it as self-love, but they were also talking about it as the lack of, of empathy or the lack of, you know, um, the ability to care about what other other people are feeling and mm-hmm. thinking. Um, and I think those two things are slightly different. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know.
1: I agree. I
0: think it's almost like, I feel like narcissism is a thing that we all kind of have, like, almost close to ego, like, how we all have ego but aren't, like, necessarily egotistical. And I think, you know, narcissism isn't inherently a bad thing. Like, it's, like, kind of the, like, how self-centeredness isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know? You see all those Instagram posts of, like, self-love, like, you know, you do this for you, bro, you know? And we're always talking about how creating things... You create it for you because you can't really expect it to resonate with anybody. Right. Well, it's like a ha- it. how it, yeah. It's a happy it accident whether mm-hmm. or not that happens.
2: Yeah, you create it for you so that you can feel the positive self actualization, and you don't base your positive, like feelings on the, like the opinions and statements of others. Ex- exactly, yeah. and
0: that's where you can kind of get into the, the pitfall of creating something to to produce it to like finish it and then like show it, you know, post it how many numbers did it get, you know, or whatever, or what did people say about it. It's kind of like, almost as if like, the process of making the thing before finishing it is like what the what the beautiful, what you want, you know, not that like, it doesn't have to do with how you like, look having made the thing, but just like, the act of making the thing is what you enjoy. And like, engaging with your yourself your thing that makes you feel Like you're on frickin' fire.
3: Yeah, sense of accomplishment. I mean, we create a lot here. This is kind of what we do. And, you know, do we just tell ourselves that we do this to inspire other people to think bigger? But, I I mean, because I think we do inspire people. And we see them create things that are kind of unlike what we create. And... We like that. I'm not sure we're back in the corner going, no, talk about our thing, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Could
1: we do you know? a scene like that though? Because that character you played, <laughs> you played that character pretty
3: well. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad that inspired you, but like, you know, let's talk about this. Uh-huh. Let's Talk about this thing. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think people have different motivations, and I think honestly, if we look critically at ourselves, sometimes our own motivations shift, right? Sometimes we do want a little bit of the pat on the back. Sometimes it's good to see your name in lights, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and that, that feels all right, like and that's okay, I'm not sure like Justin's to Justin's point, you know There's a piece of that that I think is it's okay to go in there I, I don't think you necessarily want to live your life at everybody else's expense or ignoring the needs of those around you But it's okay to love yourself too, you know, maybe not just excessively
1: Is it also okay to love your own stuff that you create? <laughs> almost excessively
2: I mean, here's a question. Does just, like, the act of create creation, do, does creativity, does, like, art draw narcissists? That Like, do, do we associate it that way with narcissism because, you know, at some point in everyone's life we have experienced some sort of overbearing uh, creative who has tried to, like, make us do things exactly Mm -hmm. their way and be an agent of their brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so somebody
1: showcasing this expression just draws other people who also want to be able to showcase their expression.
3: Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. also art is what you bring to it. So what you make isn't necessarily what I choose to see Mm -hmm. because it's about me Mm -hmm. because it's about what I see in my experiences in my history regardless of what your intent was, mm-hmm. right? I think that's an interesting conversation.
1: I mean, I go back to our YouTube videos Jared you and I and look for new nice comments almost every day. So this is a problem. I'll talk to my counselor about it. We'll we'll, we'll do some hypnotherapy and make some progress. There's
3: a little dopamine there, yeah, uh-huh. for sure. <laughs> hypnotherapy. She's mad about which hey, uh, hey, is which hey, accusation. Hey,
1: hey, hey. Let's move on to the next question. Which <laughs> accusations? Don't worry is about that? it.
2: <laughs> so, the next question from Pauline S. She asks, uh, what do you think about the difference between collecting and consuming? For example, collecting magic or board games versus playing them, collecting comics versus reading them. Are they different hobbies? What's the value of each and is one or more worthwhile?
1: Okay, so when we're collecting things, right, we can store them. We can look at them. We know that we have them. You know, there's this material sense to having something. Um, so that's a positive to collecting whereas the playing side is you're actually having experiences with things right So um, who here actually collects anything?
3: I have collected a lot in my past. I don't okay. do it as much anymore uh, I it's an it's interesting the way you described it. As a positive, I don't know that my view on collecting is super positive. Okay, anymore. well, let's it hear it feels like hoarding. It feels like, mm. you know, especially like so I used to collect comics as I was growing up and actually in through my 30s and everything. I was doing comics and I've kind of stopped for a long time and I like comics and I love comics and we have comics all around here. But for some reason, owning things like that that you don't read or engage with or consume as Pauline was getting mm-hmm. at feels a little bit i don't know there's an investment part of it okay like where you just sit on them and hold them and that's an accumulation of something mm-hmm. with a value and there is a lot of joy in collecting right you collect pins or you collect you know coke cans and then you have or. a
1: collection you can show people sure mm-hmm.
3: and the act of hunting for more i think is the it's the journey right it's not the stuff it's the hunting and going and gathering it's it's very primitive it's hunting and gathering mm-hmm. right as I've gotten older I've kind of realized that I really feel like simplifying is where my joy is now. It's getting rid of all that mm. crap I've just, I've stockpiled over the years and and mm. and still hunting and gathering for my favorite things but in a very simplistic way. Yesterday I was drinking coffee and I was like looking and I've got like 15 coffee mugs and I'm like I really only like that one mug. Where the hell is that one (laughs) mug that I like? It's in the dishwasher. I'm actually going to rinse it out and use it again because it's my favorite. (laughs) Maybe I don't need those other 14. Mm Yeah. You know? And I don't know. That's just, that's something I've been thinking about lately. It's interesting because
2: in this conversation, I think that there is an interesting amount of uh, like separation between the two. collecting
1: and and consuming yeah
2: because when you become a collector and whether that's by like self description or by some arbitrary standard it it seems as though there becomes this you pointed out that the action was no longer the consuming and the action was the hunt and Mm. all of a sudden the the main way that you were engaging with this thing that you liked is no longer the way that you engage with it anymore and so you are all of a sudden, like, separating yourself from the, from the core, like, fire that, that burned in your heart at the beginning. And it, 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 is, it is very interesting to me, because I, I do not find, I have not found anything that i super passionate about collecting at this point.
0: Well, from what you just
2: described, it, it sounds like
0: they almost, like, go into each other. Like, before you become a collector of these comics, you were avidly consuming them until, like that was your favorite thing, you just loved these comics. How could you prove that you loved these mm. this Proof. thing the most? Wow. It's like, oh, Proof. I'm gonna collect them. And not only that, this is how you really prove you love the thing the most, it's condition. And that's the real difference between consuming and collecting, is if you care at all. About if Mm. there is a nick in your comic condition, you'll
2: never touch it. That's another thing. Yeah, Mm. is that you are so you you love your collection so much that you refrain from engaging
3: with the stuff. (laughs) You're afraid (laughs) to read it because you might (laughs) damage its value to Mm. someone else. You put the vinyl record on the wall. Value Mm -hmm. to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it makes sense after you've like experienced that first first value of like just consuming the thing. Regularly, I hate caring about how the condition of something is, so I am not a collector like that. I like you don't sleep your cards. I d- um, actually I do. Just feels good. Ah. <laughs> just feels but, good. But that how you just like flick it on the flick it on the table like like air good. hockey. Just yeah, no, it's yeah, so yeah. good. Um, but yeah, no, I don't like caring about condition. Although I do think I collect something. I collect CRT TVs. But here's the thing. What's
1: oh, a CRT TV? So you remember two, the old the box
0: TVs that okay. are like, yeah. So I collect those for an experience. And that is for like, uh, I want to have like like gaming, like tournament mm-hmm. events or whatever. And like a lot of retro gaming, like runs specifically good on these old mm. like TVs in this like lag latency thing. And so there's kind of like. Several things that I tap into that with that collection, kind of like retro vintage technology, and giving it like a use like it's not just you know it's garbage, it's just a bunch of stuff until it's like, well, no, it's like for the event, bro, and, and I'm gonna like market that event and it's gonna go in my resume. so that's why we need all these TVs in my garage dad <laughs> <laughs> It's really important.
1: Jared, do you collect
2: anything? I mean, I'm, I've been sitting here trying to think. Like instruments? Okay, yes. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so, I, when I was in high school, when I was really into magic, not magic, the gathering, but like I thought I wanted to be a magician, yes. I collected a lot of uh, playing card decks, probably got up to, you know, 30 or, or 35 or so. Um, and that that was definitely like a, a wardrobe Type thing where it's like, oh, what kind of vibe do I mm. want mm. my magic to give today while I'm at lunch, making a fool of myself? To <laughs> what kind of <laughs> magic man, man am I today?
1: Doing card tricks at lunch, I it makes me so it, happy. A lot.
2: I did it a lot, um, <laughs> and it was silly. But um, and then I, I, and with instruments too. I mean, I have been into into music for forever, but only in the past four or so years started the like actual instrument instrument climb and just expanding my Sonic Palette is so exciting because it's like this new object that I can play with and has all these new possibilities. How's your possibilities. Sonic Palette,
1: Mark? <laughs>
2: not as expanded as Jared's. <laughs> not as, not as <laughs> Exactly.
1: Okay, well, interesting. The, the only other thing that I think about with collecting specifically is that there is this really real um, similarity between the amount of stuff that you keep and the amount of like space it takes up in your mind too, right? I think there's it's part of why I think you enjoy simplicity right now so much in your life is there's already so many other things going on that you don't have to carry around the the emotional weight of things uh, in your home um, or in your living spaces or your workspaces, et cetera. So there is something really... Nice about not having so much stuff because you don't actually have to carry around the the energetic weight of those things in your life too. So, um, I say I say consumption over collections. My opinion.
3: Yeah, accumulating is different, I think, than consuming, right? Because you can you can get stuff and you can consume it and then you're done with it and you want to get rid of it, um, or you com- completely consume it. And there's the accumulation part of it where you're stockpiling and you're kind of a lot of the investors, I think, do that with the things that they collect. But I think a lot of folks don't, you know. Um, I think it's the joy of the hunt over the joy of the gather. And there's a, there's a toggle between those two.
1: Also, in all of our uh, games coming forward, we should have nutrition facts on the side for consumption purposes. The end.
2: <laughs> to truly answer the question, is the cereal more nutritious than the box?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think there's almost an entrepreneurial skill in accumulation. Cause like, for example, like a few months back, we went to Lake Oswego or wherever to pick up those shelves, those like yeah. 10 feet shelves. And I'm like, what are these? What are, why is this my day? <laughs> why, why is this relevant? What is this? And, and like now our back room is fundamentally built by the existence of those shelves. Which was also my day putting them there, but that's right. You know, our day,
3: mm-hmm. it's our day. <laughs> there are more days coming, but there's but
2: there's an, uh, what you're saying is that there's an amount of accumulation that is like beneficial, that it's not yeah. this like detrimental. A thing skill to be able to see
0: a thing of like ooh, that's like a thing we just might need, like shelving. Like shelving is mm-hmm. just like the uh, that's not on my radar. Mm-hmm. I haven't lived
3: infrastructure. Th- it's infrastructure. So you sometimes you accumulate things like building a house. You know, you want a place to go to the bathroom. You want a place to wash your dishes. You want, you know, sometimes accumulating the right things gives you the infrastructure to do the things that you need to do or, the, mm. you know, it's it's a design issue.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it. Accumulation versus collection versus consumption versus experience. There's a lot going on here. But I'm going to move us on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Move on sound.
1: All right. I'm going to bring it around to our main topic for today. Are you ready, boys? Ready.
2: Rockin ready.
1: ready. Oh, good. I got answers from all three of you. I appreciate that. Uh, today, we're going to talk about relationships with hobbies. Okay. Um, so, I want to find out what everybody's hobbies are. We're going to dive into where these hobbies have come from, how they impact your life, how they've changed over time. And so, I just want to start, before anybody takes over the mic and starts talking for minutes and minutes, I want to hear... What everybody's hobbies are. Um, We'll do it popcorn style. I'll go first. I'll call on someone. So, um, my hobbies. Number one, snacking. Number two, uh, dance. Um, I've I've done dance all growing up and just starting to get back into it some. Uh, Number three, picking up rocks and sticks. Um, That's my hobbies. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jared, you're next. What are your hobbies? All right.
2: Um, Well... I love um, I love music and performing I have I've loved that for my, my whole life as long as I can remember um, I love musical theater and, and acting and dancing and tap dancing um, and and then within that same musical grind I also am now on the the ascension of, of learning how to play all these different instruments, like, like guitar, piano, kalimba, all these different things and, um, have my sights on, on more that are so expensive. So who knows, maybe that, that collector conversation from earlier, we should revisit at some point, but, um, uh, beyond, beyond music, I, I love tabletop role-playing games. I love games like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that, oh my goodness. I just, it, it, Experiencing uh, fantasy uh, ex- worlds a- of any variety or genre with my friends is just like such an amazing, uh, h- such an amazing thing to do with my free time. I love it. Um, and then uh, I I also really love video games. Um, you know, some of my favorite video games are the the Portal series. You know, that that game really opened my mind for the first time to uh, like. Thinking with a supernatural ability. Mm. Um, you know, in that game, you're given this this device that uh, can put, these like rifts in space time on appropriate surfaces, and it's basically like a door. Not inappropriate surfaces. No. On, on appropriate surfaces. Yes. surfaces. only
1: appropriate surfaces, uh, well, not inappropriate surfaces.
2: And so, if you put one portal here, one portal there, and you walk through one, you walk out the other. Mm. And the whole the whole game series is uh, you know solving these puzzles that involve uh, utilizing this. And what it does, what it gives you, is it gives you the-, the game calls it thinking with portals, and it's something that mm. I have sort of taken on with me in the rest of my life, where it's like the 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 ability that you gain once you have enough familiarity with a supernatural ability or power or something that you could do, where you can apply it creatively in. Like different situations, mm-hmm. and so that game really inspired me. In that way, I also super love uh, turn-based strategy games like XCOM, um, where you know you are controlling this this group of uh, of space marines trying to stop the planet from being invaded by aliens. Or uh, I really love stealth games like uh, Splinter Cell or Dishonored. Um,
1: what about Rocks and Sticks? Do you like Rocks and Sticks?
3: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot of hobbies. Yeah. I
1: know. I'm like, you're taking my minutes, Jared. All right that's is all. that all the games? yeah, okay. yeah those are
2: the, those are the three.
1: All right, you popcorn somebody else.
2: Justin.
0: um I feel like my general hobby, like overview is like projects, like working on projects. and oh. in that, the projects that I really like working on right now are kind of like um like hyper engaging, like to comedic. Extent with video games, uh, to get like crazy good at them, okay. Um, uh, and then to thereafter have this like some kind of content event, like with my friends, uh, and promoting that event, I will like build narrative and hype for like all of us around building this skill, and then we'll like monkey business market it, which is just like whatever marketing on that's instagram that's a good company
1: monkey business marketing monkey, yeah. <laughs> i could see that really growing
0: just kind of like putting images or whatever every day in a week and then uh, just justifying my like playing a game for two months and turning it into a resume line kind of like i mm-hmm. described on uh, mm-hmm. a question before but yeah so i like uh justifying things by like doing production work around them and mm-hmm. then making them like an event and then like Manufacturing narrative and hype to it, and okay. stuff. It's goofy and fun.
1: Okay. Anything else?
0: Um. Well, in that, I really like visual design and drawing and music production, and I use both of those in like the projects and promoting of uh of events and stuff. You know, I love putting together UI uh, design. Or not UI, but like overlay stuff, you know. You know, stuff that you're looking Mm -hmm. at. And then like logos and brands and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just kind of at this point, I don't need to like have original music. It's probably just the flex. Like I want to (laughs) I want you to look (laughs) at a thing and just be like, everything about this experience is like like custom. It's custom. It's made it's made to feel exactly like this. Mm -hmm. I'm hitting this niche. Uh, so art directing mm-hmm. is what I like to do right now. Okay. I like to art direct.
1: I would like a segment every week now called Justifying. And Justin comes in. Justin-fying. <laughs> Just yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Justin-frying.
1: <laughs> all right. You hit them all? Yeah. All right. Drama. Your last. What you got?
3: I had to think really hard about this. And and I think, I think Justin kind of nailed it. I, I work on projects and I work on like I am my hobby. Right? <laughs> like I, I maybe we're back to the narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like a lot of people read. I tend to do you know master classes and ted Talks and, and you know a lot of you know YouTube, you know shorts um, to help kind of build and and broaden my perspectives on things. Um, and I think a lot of that's because it relates to my job. Um, most of the, the things I do when I'm not working, you could probably call working. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's a real downside to that, right? So <clears throat> we have talked about this before where a little workaholism in there. But I'm also so passionate, I feel like I get a lot of joy out of it. So I don't know if it is work. I, it's somewhere in the middle there. Um, collecting. I I don't know if I really collect if we're talking just generically about hobbies, you know, there's stuff I do with my kids, my daughters, you know, we do a lot of pop culture that we like watching movies and stuff like that. And we play games and people might think, well, gosh, don't you play a lot of tabletop board games? And I do to a certain extent, but not near as much as people think I do. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a fact. I, I I enjoy designing. I think more than I do, um, you know, playing weekly. Um, I think I could probably play weekly but that'd be about it. I don't know if I could do the two or three times a week, like a lot of people do in the tabletop industry, but, um, I, yeah, most of my time is spent making like creating is my hobby and, um, getting better at that and, and trying to learn new things and trying to, you know, I learn a lot from you guys. I I talk about this. I, I feel like I've learned so much from orange Nebula a lot more than I've, you know, than has gone the other way. Um, that kind of is the thing that gets me up in the morning that's the hobby is getting a broader perspective and and then how can we make something tangible out of it how can we make a tabletop board game a book a story um a brand and so that's kind of the thing for me as i collect that or i i that's my hobby maybe that's a cop-out I have no idea that
0: feels like a cop-out
1: <laughs> the only thing I can think of it's
0: true it sounds like a CEO hobby <laughs> because, uh, my
3: you
0: know, hobby is I'm a CEO forever because I run a business <laughs> shackled
3: <laughs> you know
1: to you're being good a business CEO. Business, yeah. everywhere you ever go you're good at finding the best coffee shops like that's kind of a hobby I feel like well, I mean that too is a place where normally that's where your creativity kind of comes to life I'm but a snob but that's everywhere you go you're coffee like snobbery. I'll tell you the. do you are you getting coffee there's one good place in town here's where it is it's my like. snobby hobby <laughs> Yeah. Oh, snobby hobby! I like. It. I don't even hey, you know, like know if it's a hobby
0: at this point. I would say like he's gone connoisseur
3: with it. Uh-huh. Like he's got
0: like it's, if you are snobby, you could, if you, you have charge cynicism. a consulting fee. <laughs> oh, yeah. I,
3: I really appreciate the spin that you've put on this. It's really just a hard drug that goes into my veins every day. <laughs> like, like I need to so, have that it. <laughs> so that you can work so that so that I can grind myself down to a, just a nub before I die.
1: Grind. That's a that was a good pun. Um, uh, Jared. Let's talk a little bit. You and I both have uh, performance elements in our hobbies. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. I have some ideas about how I think these performance hobbies play into the work that we do now. But have you thought about that at all? What What about performing? How does that hobby interact with and add to um, your job and this, the things that you do with your work?
2: So performing wise, I think that uh, one of the things that it it gives me is that it allows me to um, keep track of the whole story and all of the different character motivations within, and trying to uh, maintain a, a semblance of of cohesion and that everything is working together and mm. makes sense, and that you and that you can understand why different things in the world would be happening or why different people would be doing different things, so that you're not asking yourself like what where is the internal like structure of this world it doesn't feel like it is actually solid my goal is for is for the worlds to feel solid like a place that actually exists that you're learning about that once you suspend your disbelief is just a thing a world
3: you can experience and that
1: only works if the backstories are all connected if you know the story runs through that makes really good sense yeah. so
3: you want to be an effective instrument of that story so that people mm-hmm. can get it
1: yes
2: mm-hmm. i have been using the the actors are our instruments Um, analogy for a while that it's like you are a tool of of the group's creative expression Mm -hmm. and that like the whole artistic creative team that you are trying to get to a point where you are making every single one of them feel like their vision is happening on stage.
1: Um, mine is my performance elements are more dance focused, which is, you know, as opposed to a two hour long uh, production that has many characters involved, it, there's like a two minute routine, you mm-hmm. know, and um, that performance element with my work that I do that's so much short form content. You know, I'm working on social media so often and I've got to get messages across to people and storylines understood in in seconds, you know, as people are scrolling through. So the ability to understand what's important in a story arc and how to hit on those things in the right sequence, at the right time, with the right rhythm, um, I think plays into my work a lot. Even when I was like, even as a leader, um, you know, my work as running my business, I, I was watching that video that I was talking about earlier where I'm like commentating on my own performance in the video and it showed me like there are there are times when you're performing a routine where you might miss something, you might mess up, you might, you know, do something wrong and that's fine. As long as you then hit something big, right? You bring the attention back somewhere else and you do it with a great look on your face. Like if that's not leadership, (laughs) you know, you mess up and then you hit it big, you lose it a little bit and then you, and then you're off the ground. You just have to be able to keep rolling, keep rolling and just, there's nothing that can stop you mid-performance when you're on... You can't just stop. I mean, you can, but it's very awkward for you and for your audience if mid-performance you, you don't continue. And so those skills that I learned through...
3: That sounds like my life.
1: <laughs> right? what it sounds
3: like. Yeah, you just kind of biff it uh-huh. and then you just like pretend that it didn't happen. No, I was just tying my shoe. Uh-huh. It's all good.
1: Yes, exactly. So I think that, that those performance skills from dance play into my work through social media and as a leader overall. Um, What about how it plays into your work?
0: Well, right now, very luckily, what my hobby is is generally what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, (laughs) In your job. Good answer, good answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, So, yeah, making, like, establishing narratives and hype about uh, stuff is like what, what, like, the flavorful, like, thing that I'm doing, but what that is is just, like, like, video marketing, Mm -hmm. like, video promotion and getting people to um, attach, like, attaching a story to something just makes it more interesting, you are more um, intrigued by it and feel like something historic is happening. So, being able to work on, like, video media production stuff for Orange Nebula and try to imbue it with um, external, like, canon that doesn't exist in, like, sort of skit formats and uh, giving, like, just an extra sense of who we are beyond just kind of, like, the people and the creatives um, has been, like, what, I, what I've what i been doing. Almost establishing us, like, characters that, mm-hmm. like, like, like this, like, fake content character, well, not fake, well, you're right. I think about um,
1: <clears throat> uh, with the Gen Con video that you did and we had the wormhole that was here, like the specific role that you had Kevin playing that you you highlighted him in the Gen Con video with these kind of like almost annoyed. It was great um, yeah, yeah. comments. And then the wormhole, what ends up happening? He's got Derek sitting on his lap and he's like. Could you get off me now? You know, yeah. it's like the same through line that you're creating. He just stuck his head in here right now. He's watching me. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're doing a really good job of establishing that.
0: Thank you. And that's actually, yeah, no, that's a great example of uh, being able to pinpoint the office dynamics that I'm seeing. And just like looking through the clips of, of what I get in, in establishing roles of just like, okay, this is what like this is what Kevin is giving me this mm-hmm. is what Mark is giving me he's sitting on the floor eating lunch i'm filming that uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be him
3: mm-hmm. this discussion has prompted an interesting observation and that is i think that sometimes our view of ourselves is much different than either reality mm-hmm. or whether people's perception is okay and it would be really interesting uh, maybe on a future episode for us to actually speak for someone else this Ooh, is this is what i think justin does this is what Mm -hmm. i think jared does jared's talking about you or you know maybe just go ask your partner or your kids or something you know like what is it that you think dad does right Mm -hmm. like what is it what are my hobbies and they're going to roll their eyes or whatever my kids would but um and then they're going to say well it's obviously this and i'm like well interesting
1: Mm -hmm. that'd be that'd be really interesting
3: i think that might be a fruitful exercise for us Mm -hmm. yeah like what made you say yo yo? I hear I hear you guys talking about yourselves, and I know you all to a certain degree pretty well, and I'm thinking I don't think you've really hit the the gem center mm. of what you're doing. Right, you're mm. communicating like there's a performance part, particularly with with you two, mm-hmm. uh, brother and sister. I don't know if that has a relation to that, but communicators, right? Like mm-hmm. you're. There's a, there's an invention part and there's there's a, an engineering part, but mostly we're communicating. We're trying to engage with people to so that they see things a little differently. Yeah. you know like, yes. like Justin likes to likes to invent playful, clever little what he calls you know hype videos, but it's a lot less about hype and it's a lot more about coming from a strange direction so that somebody can get a jolt of I didn't see that coming mm-hmm. right That's so satisfying and I love that. And it's the same thing with you. I mean, I could speak ab- about all of you and I just think what an interesting like I don't even really feel like I know myself at all. I feel like I should just be asking questions to other people and mm-hmm. that might make me better at mm-hmm. what I do.
2: Next episode, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Challenge write, thrown we're down. We're going to write down this format in the something meeting. That Justin and I haven't really touched on is that, you know, Justin and I have spent, you know, I have played Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop role playing games for many years and a, a lot of that time has been spent with Justin at the table, and you know both of us have have ground our our teeth on, on on those. And you know now you're doing a lot of media production, you're you're doing music and video editing. But when when you very first came here, when we both first came here, we it was right in the middle of the Chronicles project, and mm-hmm. so we were uh, we were writing and thinking about uh, different character motivations and, and stories and locations and and stuff that's going on there. And it's been really interesting to see how how. You know the hobby that a people think is like uh satanism and b is <laughs> they <laughs> just did at like one point a waste of time in fantasy land could actually like positively impact your uh, performance in a work environment i mean like a few months before we started working here um i uh was just thinking about the Dungeons and Dragons magic system and my my frustrations with it and how it kind of felt like a trading card game where you're wandering the land looking for these very specific abilities that are only useful in these very specific situations and wanting to like free it up and so just for my own personal uh, at home Dungeons and Dragons game with Justin and several of my other friends I I went through and you know wrote this several page rules expansion for the game and that was actually able to be like instrumental in my like interview process as like something that we could, we could discuss as an example of my, my, my game design and my, my thoughts about rules and mechanics and design philosophy. And it's just insane how the stuff that you do just for fun, for random, because you think that it is worth doing could impact your job.
1: The, one of the questions that I had on here is what are some un, unexpected connections coming from chasing your curiosity? You know and I feel like that's a really good example of that when we just feel compelled even saying that made my made me get goosebumps a little when we feel compelled to chase our curiosity it's almost never a waste you know it it adds these layers of depth and interest and Often ends up turning into a project, you know, Mm -hmm. like like Justin. It ends. You're you dive into your curiosity to create these projects that maybe seem standalone. But then when you get into a career, it's 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 no different. We've got projects to create. We've got things. We've got to hype. We've got stories. We've got to tell, and all of the things that that really pique our curiosity add to our skill set later without even you know not even intentionally
3: taking something from the point at which you're thinking about it to acting on it inherently adds value because now somebody else can relate to it Mm. right so the fact that you took Mm. this idea in your head instead of just thinking about it and someday i'm going to do something you actually acted on it and you put it on paper and you brought it in you'd be like hey i don't know if this is silly or if this is cool but i'm really passionate about this right now isn't it awesome and we were like, yeah, it's awesome. And the initiative part of it, I would, I would suggest that beyond the value of the thing you did, you taught yourself something that goes beyond that, right? Like you taught yourself that you can do something. Like you started here. What else? What else are you capable yes. of now? Yes. And that initiative is probably part of the reason that you're here. Obviously, but the same with Justin. Um, everyone, I think, to a certain extent, attracts you know, the right type of attention. I don't mean the attention that's personal. It's not about Jared. It's about the fact that he it's took initiative.
1: Lacey. It's always about Lacey. Yes. Bit. That's right.
3: <laughs> so anyway, so that I was took, that's my is point. You I
2: took initiative or something?
3: Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I took initiative. It's always taking No, initiative. stole my initiative. It, it's
1: important, <laughs> I think what you're saying though, The 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 big shift that happens between thinking about something and acting, there is so much power right? When something's just inside your head and and you're just thinking about it, even talking about it, um, that's one thing. But when you create or do based on your curiosity, you're right. It makes it real and something that other people can be drawn to, Uh, which that's probably not the point, but that's, it, it makes it real, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, I sound like a broken record, but people who do hard things inherently get the rewards, right? So, if it's not difficult, it's probably not that worth it, mm-hmm. right? There's no easy way to do I mean there's a lot of easy way to do things ways to do things, but they're not very rewarding and I think people who take the effort to do something difficult because of their passion or whatever their motivation might be have something to show for it inherently and it's the difference between average and amazing. I mean it just is
0: and I think difficulty you know it's it's not up to our standard of difficulty necessarily because we're talking about like like why you should do whatever project even though you feel like it's probably like not worth it like it ha- doesn't have it's to do hobby. yeah it's, it doesn't really have to do with anything like you even want to really pursue but um and it's because like what's difficult for people and this is like coming this is coming from a background of like young indie artists who are all like drawing stuff in their sketchbook a lot i hear a lot of complaints about about, like, art block and about just, like, not, like, you know, man, I wish I was, like, throwing down, like, projects like you, dude, and it's, like, um, you know, they're just not, I just can't, like, finish anything, I just can't, Mm. and it's, like, you know, it's a hard thing to do, that's why it's, like, worth it, because it's, 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 like, hard to even start, and... At a point, and I'm, I had with you. I'm absolutely with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I That's think most people
3: find it easy to start because they're daydreaming, right? They think, "Oh, I've got this kind of cool idea," and they're entertained yeah. by their own idea, right? I'm there's always, that. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. that narcissism again. Mm-hmm. Not you, Whatever. but um, and then it, there's a point at which they have to decide, you know, if they're going to move forward. And I missed my point too. <laughs> yeah it, right. it just yeah. spreads <laughs> it was so um, good some,
0: yeah something about how like well it's oh yeah okay cool my thing was that you know it's it's hard to start anything and um i, th- I think that that's just a dumb thing to say that's what i think about immediately after saying it's hard to start anything um oh yeah okay it was that like uh just life objectives just like assigning yourself like a, a life objective uh is really really good from starting anything and being determined to finish it because all of this meaning and objective is just like pretty fake and it's like you can assign it to anything you know there it felt so good to just know for a year that like i'm on this earth because i'm making my little thing
1: this project
0: i'm making my little project and like that's what i do and that is like you know what i'm about right now mm-hmm. if i can't believe in anything else <laughs> I can know that this little thing that I have complete control over I can keep kicking it along mm-hmm. until until I'm finished with it mm-hmm. and that is worth something because it's hard to start things that's the point
3: point. And, and even <laughs> hard, even harder to finish them yes mm-hmm. yes the persistence thing will get you through didn't but give up a lot of people how many people do you know that have an idea and they tell you they're gonna they're gonna do something and then they start it and they're really passionate and then it burns out Me, and they're the like I just don't feel like finishing yeah. that well what if you did mm-hmm. yeah what if you did? Well, uh, I'm going to finish
1: this podcast um, because I finished. Solo, this. you're just going to finish it by yourself? No, it's just, I mean, it's time.
3: It's
0: time. No. It's time. You're <laughs> so steering so us you know, back. Yes. Back totally to port. Because this back to port, hobby.
1: boys. My. Heave. My, I do <laughs> have, Thank you um, for your vocal assistance there. Um, what did you call it? Your sonic range. Sonic palette. Sonic my son, palette. Thank you for your sonic palette. <laughs> um, one thing that I'll say is. Uh, coming up with a life objective if you will you know I've I worked on coming up with a personal tagline of I host conversations that matter Mm. okay and so that's kind of how I show up if if what we're talking about is surface level I'm not interested so um this podcast today I think uh satisfied that super mattered um it's super mattered so um uh, thank you three for being here thank if we you. had more time we would sit here and talk forever but um grateful for those of you who have been listening as well um you can hang out with us in the outpost community we will be talking in there you can send us ideas community questions topic ideas you want us to cover at orange slash topics you can leave us a review if you loved it um if you didn't please just don't maybe have a snack and a nap you'll feel better okay um we hope you all have a good day we'll talk to you soon thanks so much bye Bye.
0: Bye.
3: I i can't do the noises very well i love your noises oh thanks hr